When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, and my co-host today is Molly Williams. Hello, uh, Molly. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so, all right, Molly. It is August 31st as we record this. We ran this morning, so we have our August tally of found change. Yes. Yes. Do you want me to go first or you go first? You go first. Yeah, because you think my my tally's higher, right? I know your tally's yeah, higher. Yeah. <laughs> I found, uh, we each found a penny this morning, which uh-huh. was nice that we each found one. Um, and that brought my annual total to 80 cents. Nobody likes you. <laughs> I have to say that's a long running joke. That's why I'm laughing so hard. Uh, my uh, total for August is nine cents. Oh my gosh, that's so funny because just yet uh, this morning you said, yeah, it's like seven cents. Yeah, and I, I was thought, off oh, she's so she, in typical Molly fashion. I thought, oh, she's totally, you know, sandbagging. Um, nope. So not no- going to make that car payment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no silver for you this month then, right? Nope. Wow. No, I found uh, a quarter and a dollar on a walk. Mm-hmm. Separate walks. Separate walks, yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, mm-hmm. no. Wow, yeah. That. Um, so I found that quarter in Connecticut. That really set me up nicely early in the month. Then found that quarter on the way home from bar from the refinery when I, there was just, it was. You find all this money when I'm not around. <laughs> That's <laughs> suspicious conspiracy theory. <laughs> and then, oh my gosh, I, did, I didn't tell you I was, um, I just got a text from, um, actually a woman we'll hear from later in the podcast, Jana, and she had good news, good business news. And so I'd stopped to check the text and then not 15 steps later, I was right up by um, Fernhill Park there. I saw um, a dime and two pennies. And so I texted to John, like, oh, my gosh, your good news made me find this. And then I stepped back because in typical, you know, I've learned from you, Molly. I step away and I look around and I'd been standing on a third penny. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> well, look at that. Yeah, yeah. So your kids have started school? Kids have started school. We had the best, the best first day of school. Aw. Um, so it was a big, big year. Um, high school first day of uh, ninth grade and first day of school sixth grade which here in portland at most schools is middle school and um so the twins went to the same arts focused school that their public school that their big sis went to and oh my gosh because they're such different children it is already feels like such a different school to me mm-hmm. in such a positive way like um you know we talk about this a lot on runs that how high energy my kids are and and you know that they they're a lot um, yeah, they're going to love Da Vinci. It's an arts middle school. They're going to have an outlet for that energy and that creativity. Ugh. And Phoebe really thrived there, too. She did. She did. But mm-hmm. in much quieter. I mean, she really flourishes. A, um, funny enough, she didn't take any um, 2D or 3D art classes. So no painting, drawing. And she's sculpture. so talented. And but she spends hours in her room drawing yeah. and painting. I've seen her stuff. It's really nice. Oh, thank you. I hope she explores that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So so um, at she's at Grant High School and she um, we've um, found out how 
a freshman can get into um, a foundations of art class because most freshmen don't get in. So we sent um, some pictures of her portfolio that she put together and she got in. And I'm um, so really pleased with that. And but God, the, oh my gosh, the twins just were just a goofball. I told you that John wore shorts that on the first day of school that um, his buddies on the last day of fifth grade had all signed with a Sharpie. And someone, one of the other parents pointed out that right on his left butt cheek, it said fart. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you know, that pretty much just sums up John. Like, yeah. Um, yeah and, it fits into Da Vinci. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. So, and, and um, started a carpool and I drove the carpool today and it is now, thanks to your encouragement, it is now a three family carpool because I was all set up with one other family and then uh, um, so one mom got back to us late and I thought she hadn't been interested and oh no, it turns out that they didn't have a way to get to school. I mean, it's not that far away. They could walk or ride their bikes, but there was no other, they don't have a car on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They really needed some help. So. Yes. So, yeah. um, so anyway, so drove them and oh, they're such nice girls and, um, Great. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny though, because John was all the way in the back of the minivan and it was I think the only ride where he's ever been quiet. Mm. And uh, so I'm thinking that I'll have to mix it up so that always the two non-family members, um, maybe like one of my twins will get to be in that Mm -hmm. second row of seats. So so speaking of being in the van, Mm -hmm. Molly, do you realize what three weeks from today where you and I will be headed in the van? We are going to the retreat. We are. We are heading east and going to Spokane. I'm so excited. I know. It's going to be really fun. It's hard to believe it's three weeks from today. It is hard to believe. Yeah, yeah, that's right around the corner. I know. So what are you most excited about for the retreat? Oh. Like, is there a particular event? Like, do you like the run part? Do you like the skits? Do you like oh, the yeah. meals? I love that you remember the skits. Yeah, that um, which are Dimity's specialty. She was yesterday saying like, okay, now what should I be doing to get ready? I'm like, be thinking of those skits. Yeah, you love those skits. Yeah. So, um, well, I am, well, we are doing a live podcast recording um, so, mm-hmm. which I realize is kind of an oxymoron. I'm really excited for that. So you're going to be on stage with Dimity and me and still trying to decide who the guest is trying to get the Iron Nun. Who, oh, who, that would be so awesome. I know. So she's in Spokane. Oh, well, of course. Get the Iron Nun. I, you know, but it's really hard because, because nuns don't have PR people and, <laughs> um, and she does have a, she has a, a book out that only came out in, I think it's. 2014 yet it's out of print so i'm not sure that their publicity department's a simon schuster book and i looked up publicity and i thought they are not going to be having a publicist for a book that's out of print and i don't know i would think given the popularity of that nike ad that showed during the olympics i would think they might reissue the book but that's just me thinking that i have no, no basis in fact on that and so then I'm, I saw a local coverage of it, and I was going to um, email the reporter, and then I thought, oh, he might not want to share, you know, like, he might feel that's a conflict. Oh. I don't know. So Well, my aunt works with the nuns in Mount Angel. I wonder if she has any connection to the Spokane nuns. I'll, I'll put it out there for her. It's interesting. She is a Catholic. She is Roman Catholic, yet her, um, her, um, gosh, her not nunnery what's the word for convent. Or convent thank you um i was like it's not monastery that's for men um her convent and her i don't want to say her order but is um it's kind of an offshoot hmm. um so um hmm. 
Uh, so well, I don't if anybody know. has a connection to the Iron Nun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Tweet to me at, at SBS on the run. Um, yeah, so we are excited to go out there. You and I are driving. Um, who yeah. knows? Knowing us, we'll probably take our time so that we can like explore where they found like Kennewick Man. Stop at the historical <laughs> markers for sure. <laughs> right. For right. sure. <laughs> Maybe we wear like Lewis and Clark apparel. Oh, I love it. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Coonskin cap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, yes yeah, so alright well Molly you were the clever one who came up with the portmanteau for what this episode is it's a dog cast it sure is <laughs> woof, woof. Um, we're going to be talking about running with a four legged friend we're going to have two guests and you Molly almost count as a third guest since you are a veterinarian which veterinarian I, I find that word so hard to say Mm-hmm. I always want I, you heard it I think I say it once in the podcast that I say veterinarian it's like I'm I don't know how to say library you know that I mispronounced it you know it's I, okay I know there's an R in there somewhere I do know it's library um and February um so uh you are a vet by profession mm-hmm. um and interwoven into the show are voice memos from numerous women who run with a dog or two like this voice memo from someone who will be very familiar to Bammers. Hey, this is Dimity in Denver, and I want to talk to you a little bit about my best running dog, Mr. Mason Ralph Davis. He is my best running dog, the best, best, best when we are on a trail together because he just goes everywhere. We're on a trail um, in the mountains, so it's not a trail with like a lot of other runners or riders or anything. And he just goes and goes and he's in the rivers and he's, you know, trying to climb up trees, launching himself up to get some squirrels. And he just is joy personified. I run, you know, say five miles and he covers, you know, eight or nine. And I just, I love it. Um, what is a little bit harder is when he is on a leash. I do run with him around my neighborhood probably, gosh, I would say once a week or once or twice a week. Um, and it's all good if we don't see a squirrel or a rabbit. If we see one of those little rodents, or I should say if he sees them, I see most of them. And he sees probably, I don't know, maybe 60% of them. He's not quite a hunting dog, um, maybe 40%. But the ones he does see... I mean, there have been times where I'm literally like water skiing behind him. He is 95 pounds. You know, he's carrying a couple extra milk bones on his frame. But for the most part, he's a pretty strong little guy, big guy. And um, and so like he'll see a rabbit on a neighbor's lawn. And I literally have to put both hands on the leash. And I am literally being pulled behind him, you know, on my heels across wet grass as he tries to get the rodent. Um, he's never caught anything. Which is um, a good thing, and uh, it keeps things interesting and keeps me on my toes. Uh, he usually, his intensity usually dies down about two miles into a run, and um, and then that's good. The only other funny part about running with him is if it's a hotter day, um, he'll stop and he'll drink from any puddle, and I have used to try to limit it, and now I'm like, you know what? He has got a stomach of steel. It's just some refreshments. It's his aid station that he needs. And sometimes, so he'll drink from any puddle to get a refreshment. And then sometimes he just lays down in the middle of it and gives us both a break. So anyway, my miles are always more fun and a little bit more entertaining when I've got Mr. Mason Ralph um, next to me. Thanks for letting me share. All right. And before we embark... (laughs) 
on oh. this episode. <laughs> That's the first of many. <laughs> you, you guys might just want to turn this off now. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. But we're, before we before we start this episode, we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our partners. Stay with us. Stay. Stay. I, I warned you. <laughs> We're joined by Mark Stockhamp, a professional dog runner who is part of a Seattle-based startup called Jogs for Dogs. In the past two and a half years, Mark has run more than 2,500 miles with dogs of all shapes and sizes. Thanks for chatting with us, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sarah. So start by telling us a bit about yourself as a runner, including when and why you started running. So I was actually kind of a late bloomer with running. I started my senior year of high school. And I've always been a big time dog person. And it was after my freshman year of school, I randomly discovered Jogs for Dogs on a a Facebook advertisement. And I thought, I didn't think it could be real, getting paid to help run people's dogs and exercise. So it was just really a dream job right off the bat. Nice. Nice. Wow. And uh, clue us into Jogs for Dogs. When did your company get founded? And are you nationwide? And what other services do you offer? So Jogs for Dogs, it started in 2007 by the, the founder, Brendan. He unfortunately wasn't able to be here today. But it was a, so it's a startup started by Brendan Fahey, a uh, UW graduate. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is mostly its biggest presence is in Seattle. It launched a little bit nationwide, like Chicago. It was even in London for a little bit. So it had a little bit of an international presence. Mm-hmm. But it's primarily here in Seattle. We have about 75 to 85 runners who help run dogs on a weekly basis. Wow, that's a lot of people. And how yeah. many how many dogs? Uh, I don't know that number off the top of my head, but each runner, like, the majority of runners are going to have one to two dogs. I'm kind of an outlier because I have six dogs I run on a weekly basis. So <laughs> it's, wow. yeah, so it's over a hundred. Do you run more than one dog at a time? Like, so you know, like two mostly, dogs or you have a yeah, whole sled so, team? <laughs> yeah, our focus, it's one-on-one service. So it's like premium huh. service then. So it's usually one dog at a time. I do have one set of dogs that is siblings, so I'll take them out at the same time, but uh, it's primarily one-on-one. Yeah, Aww. that makes more sense, too. Then you can monitor that dog and how they're doing. And <laughs> Yeah, if uh, yeah. running dogs two at a time, it is, it's a handful. Like Usually one's enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And do you have a favorite breed or at least size of dog to run with? Or do you prefer like different types of dog, depending on what type of workout you're hoping to get, like a different one for tempo runs versus longer distance runs? Yeah, it's actually been pretty surprising. So I've got most of my dogs about midsize, about 40 to 60 pounds, and a few are like 80 plus. And then I have one that's 15 pounds. (laughs) Surprisingly (laughs) for my long runs, like an eight miler, the 15 pound dog, he's a He's a Corgi, Jack Russell, wiener dog mix. He can go eight miles easy. So, (laughs) Doesn't he have little tiny legs? He does, but man, those legs carry him. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) And then uh, for my speed runs, I have a couple of dogs. One's a mini Aussie, about 35 pounds, and another one's a Shiba Inu Husky mix. And if I want to go like 630 pace for like five miles, they're just right by my side leading the way. (laughs) Wow, that's yeah, great. So it's really they run it their own mix. Part of the biggest thing I discovered with dog running is you really have to, you're not running your pace. You're running what the dog wants to run. So you're kind of adapting to them and their health. Well, that's what I wondered if you're, if you, you know, are like set a serious goal out there for yourself, you know, um, you know, a PR, that type of thing. Are you able to actually accomplish your training goals with the dog or are those kind of like bonus runs that are done with the dogs? 
I am. So I really, I rarely run by myself anymore. If I'm running by myself, it feels awkward. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, like it's fun to set goals, like see if we can hit this certain average mile pace. I have like a record mile with each dog. Like I'm, I was trying for a while to get under six minutes with the mini Aussie Marley that I run, but we got down to like six Oh nine and I don't think we can push it anymore. (laughs) She couldn't do it. Uh, Nah, she, maybe <laughs> for a, a short mix. period of time, but not for. Take her to a sports psychologist. You know, it's all in her head. You know, if she yeah. could just get over that. <laughs> Seriously, but yeah, it's fun. Just like setting goals, and it's great to see the dog's health get better as we run longer. So, when you start out, like one of my dogs, his name is Ben Ben. He's the boxer I sent you pictures of. Uh-huh. He was actually really overweight. He was really unhealthy. Had some fatty tumors. And I'm running him over two years now, and he just went to the doctor about a week ago, and they said he's in the best health of his life. So <laughs> it's wow. exciting when you can hear how, like, your, what I'm doing is helping benefit the dog then and just seeing them progress. Like, his first run, we were running 1030 pace for, like, five miles. Mm-hmm. And then for a long time, we were down to 645 pace. So he was just, and he loves it. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh, I wish we could all enjoy that, that great <laughs> of a drop in pace. My gosh. <laughs> I know it's crazy because like he, humans, we need to run like quite a bit to improve. But with dogs, it's honestly like running once or twice a week and they can improve drastically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> all the more reason I'm a cat person, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Cats are great too. <laughs> But you bring up a good point in that you as a you know professional dog runner, you're running for the dogs versus a lot of our dog owners who are going to be running for their own health and then taking their dog along with them. So you have to be cognizant of what shape your dog's in, what breed your dog's in, what your dog's mm-hmm. capable of doing. And that being said, what breeds would you recommend for dog runners or people so who really, run with dogs? There's lots of breeds that are uh, well-built for dog running. So like some of the best ones, like herding dogs are really good, like Border Collies, Australian Shepherds, those dogs are great. Surprisingly, Boxers have been pretty good also. It's mostly going to be about like a short-haired dog because their their coats kind of breathe a little bit better. Hmm. That being said, the season of the year really affects dog running also. I'm kind of excited for summer to be over just because my dogs don't really react super well to the heat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like... Uh, the mini Aussie that I run, she a super fast runner, incredibly fast in like fall, winter, spring. But in summertime, she just slows way down. So you really have to be aware of the heat and also the type of dog you're running. So I'll usually in the summertime, I run with a, uh, I have a little running backpack and a bowl with me. So I fill up with water just because you have to be aware of the dog's hydration while you're out there. How often do you find you have to give the dogs drinks? So I give them one, I always fill them up a drink right after our run. It's really if they're seeming like more sluggish or like slow, like I'll give them a drink of water then. So, so Mark, in talking about running with dogs in heat, I was uh, uh, looking online about running with dogs. I mean, as a veterinarian, I should know something, but somehow they never have the running with dog class in vet school. At least they didn't 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I saw that there's a cooling vest. Have you ever used that? I've not used anything like that before. Have <laughs> Usually, you even heard of it? I have not. No. Is it? What's it look like? <laughs> I, I, you know, they didn't have a link to the picture. But the other thing they talked about was putting a bandana on your dog. It's hard for me to believe that that would do much for cooling a dog down. But yeah, maybe, no, maybe what I do put it in the freezer ahead of time, like <laughs> wet it down and put it in the freezer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're 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 you know, like a lab. They're first so thick. It's hard for me to believe that they'd get much right. Contact they would go through. With that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. anyway. 
a lot of my dogs like to end their run just jumping in the water. So I think that might be the equivalent. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. But also I think, I mean, you know, you saying that, oh, they run slower in the heat. Well, you're in Seattle. I mean, so as we, you know, yes, we've had some hot days this summer, but in the Pacific Northwest, but I mean, I would think in other parts of the country, it could really be an important consideration in the summer to really make sure you take care of your dog. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's so much hotter. Yeah, it's especially like summertime. So we're blessed to be Pacific Northwest where it's really still pretty mild summer. Mm-hmm. Not too hot. But uh, yeah, most dogs, like, it's really important when you select a dog for like being your running companion, really check out what its conditions are, like how it does in heat and whatnot. Like Weimaraners and uh, Vishlas, they're pretty good all year round. But you got to check out, make sure, see how they're going to be affected by the different seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a veterinarian, I always see problems the first couple nice days we have. You know, it's like July 5th and finally gets warm and everybody takes their dog to the park and they come in with all sorts of stuff, but also heat exhaustion. And uh, the biggest problem is with black dogs and people don't realize that black dogs actually absorb a lot of heat. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So to be really careful on those first few hot days, not to overdo it. Put a yeah. little white, put a little white T-shirt on it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throw that on there. <laughs> the perfect white tee, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Have you ever had a dog get heat exhaustion or from running? I have, I have not. No, that's uh, mm-hmm. one thing we're most aware of with being a uh, jogs for dog certified runners is your the number one utmost thing is you're looking out for the dog's health. So it's like if you completely have to stop the run and just walk or take a break, like that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Yeah. The only actual cases I've seen of heat exhaustion have been dogs left in cars. And yeah, um, I have heard about that before. Yeah. One of them did end up dying from it. And it's really sad. They'll look like they're recovering and then they they start to have bleeding problems and they just can't bring them back from it. So be careful, people. I mean, they look like they're doing all right, but you got to take that dog into the vet and they need to be monitored for a couple of days pretty, pretty carefully if they've had true um, heat stroke. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So do you have a, a you know, cutoff point mark where you were like, okay, it's too hot. We're just going to go on a walk or is there no general rule like that? Yeah. Usually, like I said, it depends a little bit on the dog. A couple of mine do a little better in the heat, but, uh, I do most of my running in early mornings around, I get up about six thirty in the morning or seven usually. So we're usually out in our run between eight and 9 AM. So it's not too hot then. No. By mother runner standards, that's called sleeping in, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's like. <laughs> do you have any huskies that you're conditioning during the off season, you know, that go up and that do <laughs> sledding? And... No, I don't have any of those. They're just domestic house dogs. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, before we continue more with Mark, here's a voice memo from Janelle, whose dog has a confusion inducing name. Hi, my name is Janelle Brooks, and I live in Flowery Branch, Georgia, which is just north of Atlanta. I run with my dog, Snacks. Um, He is about 60 to 65 pounds, and we believe he is a Great Pyrenees mixed with a Dalmatian. We run generally every week. Every Saturday is my long run, so we generally run six to 10 miles every Saturday. He has gone up to 14 miles before. Um, He's starting to slow down a little bit and gets really tired after six these days. So I think he's just getting a little bit older because he's about four years old, almost five. Um, One funny story is I was 
getting ready to take him on a group run with some ladies from the Moms Run This Town group here that I'm a part of. And I had asked if Snacks was allowed to come. And they said, of course, why wouldn't Snacks be allowed to come? And I said, well, we're just going to have to make sure to stop every few miles so I can have some water for Snacks and, and that sort. Well, we got there the next day, and I got out of the car, and I met the ladies, and then I said, okay, let me just get snacks ready. So I went back to the car, and I got snacks out, and I said, this is snacks. Okay, so we went on our run, and we're running, 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 and one of the women looks at me, and she goes, oh, snacks is your dog. And I looked at her, and I said, yeah. And she said, well, that's why you were asking if Snacks was allowed to come, because Snacks is the dog. And I said, yes. And she said, oh, I just thought you were really serious about your snacks, as in the food that you eat. So, Mark, can you clue us into any other special considerations you have for weather, like maybe cold weather, booties on ice, or hot pavement? Yeah, so... Usually, I'm trying to avoid pavement when it's really hot in summertime. Usually, try and get on like more of a dirt or gravel trail, or even just running on grass. A lot of surprisingly, a lot of my dogs, grass is their favorite surface. <laughs> Probably because <laughs> they're barefoot runners. You know, makes sense. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's cooler, and they enjoy ro- rolling around in it. So, usually in hot summertime, avoid pavement if you can. I understand though; it's like here, everyone lives near sidewalks, so makes sense also but just something to be aware of seeing how the dog's reacting to it so you don't run with dogs with booties maybe even in the winter time right i have never i ran dogs with a when we were like a vest or something when it's cooler i've had some runs in like the 20s not too much lower than that though so like i'll put a vest on them but Mm -hmm. i haven't had to run with booties before on their feet it hasn't been since i've been running for uh about the last two and a half years it hasn't been too icy up here Mm -hmm. so i haven't really been affected by that yet yeah, I don't think dogs would much like it. I know why the sled dogs wear them, but I don't think your average dog wants to wear booties very much. Yeah, so most dog, most of the dogs that I run, they don't really like the feeling of even clothing mm-hmm. on them. Like the yeah. boxer I run, I tried to put a Seahawks jersey on him for a run, and he just hated it. <laughs> He's not <laughs> so, a Seahawks fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we also, Brendan and I, the founder of uh, JFD, once tried to attach a GoPro to one of our dogs because they have GoPro dog straps. Uh-huh. And uh, and they just weren't having it. So <laughs> usually they're more, they just want to go with what they've got on their coat of fur. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Do, I always wonder that when I see dogs with wearing little raincoats or, you know, little sweaters. I mean, do they, they have fur. Do, do dogs really need to wear clothes other than to just be super cute for Instagram pictures? Well, I think it. <laughs> go ahead, Mark. Oh, yeah. I think it's mostly, yeah, for social media and the owner just kind of wants to show off their dog wearing a jersey or anything. It's not really anything to, like, keep them warm or unless it's like a jacket in the winter. <laughs> yeah, well, we have a, a Shih Tzu and we she gets groomed, you know, shaved down. And in the wintertime, she is freezing and she would just she practically dives into her clothes. <laughs> you, you can't, you, she doesn't want to take them off. She so, tries to do the zipper, but oh, she doesn't have a little thumb. Yeah, she that's just great. looks at no you and shivers. Thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think a lot of of people with small dogs like the chihuahuas and the shih tzus and stuff you know they they use their clothes but um the you know the the big dogs outside in the cold weather really they can handle very cold weather 
That's so, yeah. yeah, especially if they're moving around. Yeah, uh-huh. but it's more the it's, little dogs, which are kind of cuter to begin with. Well, I think even clothes. if they're moving around, they're probably all right. Yeah. It's uh-huh. just you know when they're when you're just sitting there watching TV, they get cold. <laughs> <laughs> give them a little, give them an Afghan. No pun intended. Not <laughs> we do. We have a blanket for our dog. We have to tuck her in at night. It's it's very pathetic. <laughs> nice the luxuries. <laughs> yeah. So I've got a, a very important question for you, Mark. How do yeah. you handle the poop? <laughs> that's a that's a great question <laughs> yeah so most of the time I run with a roll of poop bags on me however there are many times where I forget them in my car or forget them at the house so it time it's time to get creative then so one tip I have is if you're running in a public park most of them have a bunch of big garbage cans so what you can do is with the big garbage can liner you can usually rip off an extra part and then mm. you can pick it up. You have to be really careful not to get on your hands. <laughs> or you have to rip <laughs> off a big portion. And uh, you can just pick it up then. You can just go back, throw it in. A lot of people are going to judge you because they're going to think you're running away from the poop, even though you're running yep. to go rip off a piece of the garbage can. So I've been yelled at many times to pick up my dog's poop, even though that's what I'm doing. <laughs> you don't turn and like make a big announcement like, everyone, I'm just going to go get. <laughs> I need a little card that you put on the poop. I'm, I'm on my way back. Yeah, right. no. Back yeah. in five. <laughs> yeah, I need like a little scooping in progress sign. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't had that. But uh, another time, this is mostly in fall or winter. You can also use like big leaves leaves if you have that <laughs> yeah so uh yeah i've had times where i've had to get creative before so uh it it keeps it interesting but well, how uh, do you carry the poop if you have to like your dog poops and you got to get to the trash can that's a half mile away do you uh, just hold it and- yeah it was it was hard for me at first because i was like i don't really want to run with this dog's poop in my in this poop bag but uh <laughs> I just it goes with my stride so like I just have it I just hold on to like I tie a knot in the bag and just whenever it's convenient I find the next garbage can so I've had some runs before it's actually been awful where (laughs) I only brought one poop bag and the dog poops within the first mile so I was like well I guess I'll just hold on to this bag for the next six miles (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love you say it goes with your stride like I envision it like just (laughs) dunk 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 yeah you just gotta it is what it is at that point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, good for you because I'm morally opposed of people leaving the poop bag that I will return for. You know, you see them on the trails and stuff. Yep. I'm like, no, no, no. Your dog pooped. You pick it up. You take it with you, and you take it out. I don't want yeah. it sitting there where I have to look at it. So good for you for taking it. Yeah. No, we that took, just drives uh, me nuts when I see that. <laughs> isn't that the worst? Yeah. It's like yeah. I don't know what's worse to not pick it up or to pick it up but not have the effort to throw it away. It's just. <laughs> it's not I think. Good. I think. I think that's worse because if you like leave the poop there, which is certainly bad, at least it biodegrades. But like how right. many like smushed poop bags have you seen there that are just going to be there for the next year? Too right. many. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. So uh, we took Jones, at my dog, out for a run this morning. Sarah and I, it's the first time we ran together with him. And uh, he is a guide dog for the blind flunky. So mostly he pees and poops on command. Mm-hmm. But... Um, for the guide dogs, it's very important that they not poop on a walk. Uh, so as you're training them, if they haven't pooped, you just don't take them out because you they can't poop when they're uh, on harness and stuff like that. So, wow. <laughs> and it, yeah, so it's very strict. Well, now he is a flunky. And uh, he didn't poop. She means morning. that literally, that, that he yeah. flunked out of the he program. Out, yes. Which oh. is why he, he's my pet now and he can run because yeah. you can't run with them, you know, because blind people don't run with their guide dogs. Mm-hmm. At least at this point. I think they're, they might be looking at some alternatives there. But um Anywho, he uh, he pooped on the run, and <laughs> I tied the poop to his collar. 
In the back. You tied in the, the back. Yeah, she didn't yeah. tie the poop to the and, car. And, wow. And we only had... <laughs> she's one. a mom. She's used to touching poop. It's all okay. <laughs> one one time I got poop on my hand once. Yeah. Um, but, and, and then, well, okay, it wasn't perfect. Uh, but do you have any other ways that people have carried the poop? Do they use uh, vests for the dog they poop them in? Or do they use a belt that they put it in? Or uh, I see people, like, they'll just tie it to the... Uh, the leash but uh the leash. yeah like they'll just tie the poop bag around the leash then but uh i haven't That's really better. seen too many other methods for it i just go it's simple carrying it in your hand so you can just throw it away but yeah. similar to you i've had many instances where i look a little silly because there's a hole in the bottom of the poop bag and there's just poop <laughs> that's gotten on me for the last mile so nice. yeah nice. <laughs> all in a day's work for you mark oh yeah probably one of the funniest <laughs> moments i've had <laughs> it was when I was walking. It was just a little jog with the siblings that I run. One's a Husky Shiba Inu mix and the other's a Vishla Labrador. And uh, as I was picking up the poop for the Labrador, I set my phone down because I carry my phone oh, to God. track our runs on Nike running app. I did oh, not realize that the Husky oh, walked on over and he just started peeing right on top of it. So <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I, yeah, my phone was just saturated. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> just wipe it off on your shirt and keep on going. Keep that smile. Yeah. <laughs> it was it. It kept work. Your phone didn't die. It still works. So it just scrubbed it very, very well when I got home. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> And Mark, I have to say, it's so funny that you talked about the siblings. And when you started describing what the breed was of the first dog, I thought, "Uh uh-huh, Mark, they're both going to be the same breed because they're siblings. (laughs) Then I realized they're they're adopted dogs. So they, you know. (laughs) Yeah, no, just live in the same house. (laughs) So Mark, how uh, do you train a dog to run with you? Or how should other people train a dog to run with you? Uh, do you let the dog pull or do you teach them to run on your left side? Do you not let them pull? How do you handle corners? Yeah, that's a great question. So the first thing to start with is picking which side you want your dog to run on left or right. It's really going to see like, and you can pick the side for them pretty much by just leading them on that certain side and they're going to get the hang of it as soon after like few runs. Some dogs it might take a little longer if they've never really ran before. So, the majority of my dogs, I'll just run with them on the side that's away from traffic. So one dog, like usually when you start running a dog, if for me, I don't own the dog, so they already have a certain side. So if the owner tells me to stay on the left, I just have the dog on my left side then so I don't get confused and I'll just run the left side of the road then. So, or like a left side sidewalk. So they're not going to be against traffic. Mm-hmm. And do you let the dog pull you or do you um, teach them not to pull? <laughs> yeah. So when you start... They can tug a little bit. Most dogs aren't too disciplined when they start running. So pulling is part of it, I'd say, in the beginning. But I don't really allow that behavior just because it's it's not comfortable. It's not really a fun way to run. So uh, usually if they're pulling, like, you'll just – you need, like, a simple command, like, stay or just stop. So I'll usually stop running and just we'll just wait out a couple seconds. So And they usually get the hang of it. So now my dog's – Really, all they'll do, they just want to chase the leash or kind of bite the leash, but uh, they don't really pull anymore. So they get the hang of it if you discipline if you discipline them early by just kind of not rewarding that behavior. <laughs> so they'll run on a slack line? For me, so I run pretty short leash because uh-huh. I don't really want them interacting too much with other dogs because what's important about e- dog running is each dog has their different set of distractions. So like 
one dog I run, it's skateboards, bikes, anything with wheels. <laughs> one other dog, he just goes bananas for squirrels. So it's like you have to really be aware of what you're running around. But I keep them on a pretty short leash just because I don't want them tugging a lot. And they actually get pretty comfortable in staying at that close distance right by your side. Do you hold the leash or do you have one that you put around your waist? No, I don't really trust the waist leashes because if Ben Ben, the boxer I ran, if he saw a squirrel and he's mm-hmm. nine, he's about 85 pounds, like <laughs> I would think I would be rolling in the grass behind him. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, you really need, for me, I like just because I can use my hands then to like just grip the leash then and it's easier to keep them by my side. So I would mm-hmm. say I start by giving them pretty short leash just because they become comfortable with it. If they have a lot of leash to begin with, they're going to have a lot of territory to roam, and that's what they're going to be comfortable with. So I think it reduces polling if you keep them by a short side from the get-go. Oh, that's good advice. And do you have them wear a harness, or do you just use it with a collar? So it's whatever the dog owners provide me with. So it's a mix. Like most dogs, Mm. I'd say it's half and half. Some have a a harness that goes around their chest, and then the leash connects like right below their like breastbone. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's another leash where it's just around the collar then. So it's kind of a mix. I kind of prefer the harnesses. It's a little easier to kind of guide the dog then if they see something that are distracted. And it's also like it doesn't like tug as much. Like if they jump to go like chase a squirrel, it's not just pulling on like kind of their neck if it's just a collar leash. So if it's attaching down to the breastbone, then those are one of those no pull harnesses. So they can still, well, how do you define no pull? Well, you know, they've got those kind that it's sort of like, you know, you've got the head collar for dogs to help with pulling. Cause you, I mean, I don't think you'd run with that, but they also mm-hmm. have the harnesses that attach low. So that if the dog pulls, they move to the side and it teaches them not to pull. Cause if they want to go straight ahead, they have to relax. Oh, hmm. interesting. Yeah. And, cause basically if they run ahead of you, the leash is ahead of their legs. So it's going to cause them to like twist their body around. So uh-huh. they don't, it kind of reduces that. Uh, ability for them to want to sprint really far ahead. <laughs> uh huh. So you don't do too many the leash attaching to the back of the harness. Nope, don't have really any of those. Uh, yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah, none of mine attach at the top there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so we don't want you betraying any, you know, runner pet confidentialities. But we mm-hmm. suspect that you have more than your fair share of hilarious dog anecdotes maybe some that don't involve poop since we've already covered those um so and we love to laugh so share uh one or two funny anecdotes with us <laughs> so you just want like a couple stories of dogs yeah. just <laughs> mm-hmm. well there's some hilarious ability for dogs just to be super distracted at one split moment on your run so <laughs> i've had one where we we're just running on trails and i don't know what Marley, the mini Aussie I ran, saw, but just stopped. And I was actually letting her lead the way that day. We were running at a pretty fast pace, just mm-hmm. came to a completing halt. So I actually flipped over her that one time because <laughs> oh, I was just, I was just running so fast. I was like, well, I just have to jump over you. So I just ate it into the mud that day. So that was oh, pretty. My gosh. <laughs> well, at least it's the Pacific Northwest. So you didn't like land on, you know, like dry rock or something like that. It's yeah. like no. mud. <laughs> it was just nice, wet mud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to think of some other funny times there's so many stories probably the craziest not as funny but I actually did have one instance where I was running and it was raining one day and I actually uh slipped into the middle of the road because I had to stop because I saw a car was coming I actually got my foot run over by a car one time in the middle of dog oh running my Lord. wow yeah so <laughs> and what happened to you I mean did you have broken bones no it was pretty spectacular so 
fortunately, Marley, I run with her on the left side. So she was on my left side, and we were able to get her to the side. So she was behind the car. So like I slid between the front and back wheel, and they just ran over my left foot. And uh, yeah, they sped off. And I oh, fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, it was crazy. I uh, went to ER that night, and uh, there was no broken bone. They just said it was bruised, and they told me to take 10 days off. I didn't, well, I guess maybe if they're listening to this, I only took three days off because I didn't want to be away from my dogs. And uh, yeah, my foot felt all right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And what, but you're so altruistic that like you put yourself, you know, in harm's way instead of the dog. So that's yeah, it nice was, yeah, no, it was pretty crazy. See, I remember because I was just trying to push, like, like I said, if she was on my right side, she could have been hit because the car was turning right at a T intersection. Uh-huh. So uh, it was nice that she was on the left and kind of just scooped her to the left side there. But uh, yeah, that was a scary mm-hmm. moment. It was kind of funny, though, because the doctor who gave my x-ray was in a boot on her left foot. And uh, she <laughs> broke she broke her foot just by falling down a stair funny. So <laughs> she said I had a pretty good story then. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, you leave the the examining room and she like starts cursing your name. She's yeah. like, he got run over by a car and he's fine. <laughs> and look at me with my stupid boot. Yeah, she probably wasn't too happy. <laughs> but yeah, oh. no, there's been some there's been some wild times dog running. It's a it's a fun fun job. Oh my goodness. Well I've got a not too good dog running story. My cousin was running with his dog um in a wooded area and he ran his dog off leash and the dog got hit by a train. Oh my oh. lord. Yeah. It was it almost didn't live, it lost an eye, but they were able to get the dog to an emergency and it survived. But uh People should leash their dogs, shouldn't they? I am all about leashing dogs. Like, mm-hmm. I guess another funny story that brings this one up to mind was uh, I was running just at this park, and the dog that I was running with paused immediately. So one of those instances where it looks like distracted, I was like, what's going on? And all, next thing I noticed, I was just looking up at the sky because this big Bernice mountain dog that was off leash basically tackled me from behind. It just <gasps> kicked, It just basically its head hit the back of my calves. And wow, I just landed right on my back because it was chasing the dog I was running. So oh my <laughs> I remember I had, a, I had a very bruised tailbone. It hurt to sit down the next couple oh, weeks. <laughs> the worst. Oh but my gosh. Uh, yeah, it was nuts. So I am all about leashing your dogs, especially where they're supposed to be leashed. So <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. safer for the dogs. You don't know how they're going to react to one another. So You don't. And yeah. even if your dog's nice, it doesn't mean that that other dog is nice and friendly. So everybody exactly. should leash up their dog. That's part of why I keep them on a short leash also. You just don't know the personality. And you also can't judge them on the breed. Like I know plenty of like pit bulls have a bad name kind of, but uh, mm-hmm. I know plenty of nice pit bulls and just like mm-hmm. other bigger dogs. It's kind of funny how people were clear the way for me when I run with my boxer because he's huge and they think he's mean, but he's like the sweetest pup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thanks for joining us, Mark. It was, it was fun yapping with you. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> for having me. <laughs> Before we're joined by our second guest, here's a voice memo from Susan, who tells a tale of a runner's faux pas committed by her little dog, Dolly. And then we'll hear a voice memo from from Kara, who, like our last guest, Mark, gets paid to run with dogs twice a week. Hi, this is Susan Berg from Sacramento, California. My dog's name is Dolly. She is an SPCA Chihuahua Special. We think she has some terrier and some Dotson in her. We definitely know she's got lots of energy. Dolly runs with me every chance she gets. She loves it when I'm training for a race and does all of my training plans with me. I'll tell you her secret. 
Her favorites are the accelerators in the heart rate plan. When they allow dogs, Dolly also races with me. She's run several half marathons. In fact, the quickest way to get me to sign up for a race is to tell me that I can bring Dolly. Since she's an experienced runner, Dolly knows that when you need to slow down or stop, you pull off to the side of the course so as not to be in the way of other runners. This is especially good because about a mile into a race, Dolly usually needs to drop off her children at the pool, as Dimity would put it. Well, a couple years ago, we were starting a 10-miler, and I guess Dolly was a little off her game. Less than half a mile into the race, Dolly came to a complete stop in the middle of the road and started taking care of business. Luckily, we had started near the back of the pack, so traffic wasn't heavy. Most of the people who ran around us were women, and all of them were laughing. Dolly, at least, had the decency to look embarrassed by her runner's faux pas. But after finishing, she raised her tail high and increased her pace. Dolly was ready to race. Hey, Mother Runner World. This is Kara coming in from Steamboat Springs, Colorado. I run with a, a two-year-old pitbull mix named Corey. He's a rescue. And um, Corey's actually not my dog. I'm lucky enough to have found a family that... Um, I get to work for and just run Corey twice a week. We go about six to eight miles and um, wherever we want, trails, roads, and it's just a total blast. So uh, I started running him back in January. So we've seen, you know, rain, snow, wind, ice, sunshine, and just about everything in between. Um, but I think the funniest day with Corey was when I woke up and uh, saw six inches of snow on the ground back in April. Um, it's like late, late April and um, kind of this freak storm came through and I look outside and I'm like, you're kidding me. So I show up at Corey's house and um, open the door and there's Corey and he is like giddy and excited and he is ready to run, probably has no idea it's just snowed outside. And, um, so we're ready to rock and roll. So I throw his little dog jacket on him and he's got those, um, those dog mushers booties. Uh, and we put those on and head outside. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a dog with those mushers booties on, but they, um, they, dogs kind of lift him up too high, maybe like a foot up in the air before they slap him back down. And, um, I just think they don't know what to do with them. And it's so funny. They look like a hand puppet or something that's just kind of flopping all over the place. And the roads hadn't been plowed yet this day. And um, we're just kind of running through the streets and it's a total riot. So we make it probably five miles before we just can't take it anymore. But um, I think the... The best thing we learned out of that day was, um, you know, with a dog, you can get out there and get after it, and it doesn't matter what's going on in the day. If there's, um, you know, a stressful day of work, or there's rain, or there's snow, or whatever is going on, if you've planned that run and you tell that dog you're going running, um, he's expecting it. It's kind of funny, and, um, you know, you show up there and, like, Corey knows exactly what's going on every time. So 
Um, it's the accountability and they're relying on you and you're relying on them to run that day. And um, I just think that's the best thing that dogs can teach us through running. Next up is Amanda Loudon, who many of you may know online as Miss Zippy, a health and fitness writer and mother runner based in Maryland. Welcome, Amanda. Thanks for having me. So how did you get started in the world of running? Uh, Well, it's been a long time. I started about 20 years ago, and um, I actually started first in triathlon and um, spent several years pretty heavily um, involved in um, all three of those disciplines. Um, But eventually running kind of emerged as my favorite of the three. Mm -hmm. And um, so, I don't know, since since having my children, um, it it also became easier for me just to fit in the running. And um, that's kind of where I am these days. While I do some cross training, running is my my main passion. Great. Well, tell us about your children, both your human ones and your fur baby, Tori. Sure. So I I have a um, 15-year-old son who just started his sophomore year in high school um, and an 11-year-old daughter who is um, starting her first year of middle school. Um, And then our dog is Tori. She is a three-year-old whippet. Um, She's our second whippet. We we had another one who was... um, a prince of a dog. Uh, we, we just, you know, he, he, I couldn't have had a better dog ever. Um, Tori, she's her own little personality. She's more of a handful. <laughs> you sound like a true mom, the way you're like trying to talk tactfully about both of yes, your children. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we love her, but she's, um, she, she's more challenging. <laughs> In what ways is she challenging? Um, well, she's Molly, I'm sure you're going to be familiar with this, but she's got a reactive personality. Um, so, you know, she's going to go a little bit crazy out there. Um, particularly, um, you know, uh, being on a leash, that's kind of her kryptonite. And, um, when she's approaching another dog on a leash, you know, she goes a little bit crazy. Um, she can get riled up over, you know, certain people coming toward her. You just never know what she's going to react to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've been through reactive dog training with her. Um, and, I, and you know, I, dog behavior, I guess, is only as good as the person who is carrying out that training. And um, I am a little bit remiss in that one of the parts of the, of the reactive dog training was to bring um, treats with you at all times and, and, you know, show them when they're about ready to react, you, you need to anticipate the reaction and, mm-hmm. and start giving them treats and, and kind of, you know, showing them associating good things with what they might be reacting to. Mm-hmm. Um, when I run with her carrying treats is just, you know, really not a lot of fun, you know, a bag of, of, of steak <laughs> on your waist is not, not a fun way to go. If, so... if, only, she could, if only she could eat goo. So then, you know, like right. you, you eat two chews and, and give, exactly. give it doesn't work and... that way. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that, that's, that's where she's challenging. So she gets a little, uh, gets aggressive when she sees the other dog. Yeah. And, she, you yeah. know, she, she's barking and going crazy and, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if if I were to let her get too close to another dog, mm-hmm. um, when she's in that mode and feeling threatened, I, I have no doubt that she would snap. You know, sure. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I have a Shih Tzu uh, named Bingo, who's who's mean. <laughs> and I have I have a, a lab Jones, who's a just a delight to everybody. But anyway, Bingo, I'll take out on the leash, and she's very reactive, and she's reactive to dogs, and she's reactive to people, and she's at the end of her leash, you know, growling and snapping, and they're like, "Oh, isn't she a sweet dog?" I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> no, move she's along, not. nothing <laughs> to see here." 
can I pet your no <laughs> and I'm always perplexed by that and I, you know I, I see that with clients too and you know like not all people are party people not all dogs are party people exactly you know? we exactly. just take them places where you're not going to see other people and you know just move on it, it's you got to like like it's like your kids right when your kids are having a tantrum you're like okay you are having a tantrum I am not having a tantrum with your dog it's like all right you're reactive I'm not we're just moving on no yes no judgment here we're just moving on yes right yes. right definitely. Okay, there you go definitely. you are absolved of any guilt you could just go on your run exactly <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness. so well um with with Mark our previous guest we were talking about different types of um, you know, like collar versus a harness. So then hearing you talk about Tori, what do you run her on? What do you? Yeah, absolutely. A harness. And it's a front lead harness. Um, because you know, that way she can't, when she is reacting and jumping around. And I, I, I always say she's spinning around because she, those <laughs> harnesses, you know, she's pulling and it, it does kind of like pull her back toward you. And, and so she does, I feel like she spins around in circles at the end of her leash you know, with this harness. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, I can't even imagine having any kind of control with her if she were just, you know, attached to the collar. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Amanda, you're a certified running coach. Um, mm-hmm. d- did, did you start Tori off on a doggy version of like couch to 5k when you first took her running or? You yeah. Know? You know, I, I definitely, first off, I waited till she was a year old, um, because everything I've read says that they, they shouldn't be run as puppies. So, um, and then I did just start w- run walking her, um, you know, oh, so yeah, kind of, kind of easing her into it. And, um, to this day, I don't usually take her more than three or four miles. Um, I, I just, I, I our old dog, Connor, we, I, I feel like I overran him too young. And I think maybe by the time he was five or six, he really didn't want to run anymore. And that was kind of sad because, oh. yeah, because they love it so much. I mean, it, it is absolutely Tori's favorite thing in the world to do. And so I, I limit her, you know, I'll go out and maybe put in, you know, whatever mileage I want to do and then swing back and pick her up for a last, you know, for a final three miles or something like that. So, mm. Yeah. It's sort of like uh, you ever meet, um, you probably do as a tr- former triathlete, you meet uh, a grown-up who's like, oh, I hate swimming laps. I have, was on swim team all the time as a kid, and I haven't been in a pool in 20 years because I can't stand the thought of like a black line. And it's like, when you said that about Connor, I'm like, oh, maybe he just was like, you know, too many miles as a youngster. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I kind of think that. And, and, you know, and I always felt badly about that. So, yeah. I think that's surprising. He was a whippet too, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Did he yeah. do, like, if you took him to the beach, did he still want to just run off leash and do his own thing or? Yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, he was, um, <laughs> he, he, you know, Connor was very shy and, and, you know, not very adventurous and just kind of, mm-hmm. he was just a loving, sweet soul who just kind of wanted to be in your presence and wasn't, wasn't extremely, he was not an extremely playful dog. So yeah. Yeah. So maybe it just wasn't his personality. Yeah. And that might've been it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you do bring up a good point. I just want to get it out there that you shouldn't run a dog before they're 11 to 14 months, depending on your breed, the bigger the breed, the longer you want to wait because yeah. it takes them longer to complete their growth. So thank yeah. you for, for saying that. And if they're spayed or neutered uh, before a year of age, you probably want to wait later just because they haven't had the same hormones uh, as a dog that's spayed about a year of age. Uh, so just give them a little bit longer to have their muscles, you know, get get more muscly right and, uh, right the tendons to get well, more that's good I feel good about that too because I waited a year before I had her spayed so good <laughs> good to hear yeah there's a lot of back and forth about when to spay and neuter but yeah that's yeah 
one reason to wait. Well, that's intriguing. That's why I got you on here, Malls, because you got you got all that <laughs> expert knowledge. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, let's take a quick um, comfort break for a funny TMI voice memo from Lisa. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Molly. This is Lisa from Colorado, and I want to tell you about my best running dog, Snickers. She's a Cocker Spaniel, and she's seven years old, and we've been running a long time. She's my only running partner, and she goes on all my runs with me. Usually about three miles, but in the summer heat, she has black fur and gets really hot. So sometimes she'll only last a mile or two, and then I drop her back off at the house, and then I continue on with however many miles I need. A little antidote story about Snickers is um, I have five kids, and so my bladder is like kind of like a two-year-old. If I need to go, I needed to go find a bathroom like five minutes ago. So sometimes on my run, I'll have that feeling and need to go. And just lately, we've had the experience of she was doing her business and I bent down to clean up the business and decided to take that opportunity to also uh, let a little pee fly. And um, it was very nice to be hidden under the guise of cleaning up after my dog and also getting a little bit of relief for me. Um, so I've taken Sarah, I've been brave and done things that I've never done before. But if you can pee on the fly, then I gave it a shot and it worked. So thanks Snickers for hiding what I was doing. Um, I love her and I hope she stays with me for many years to come because because she's been a great little companion. Um, thanks. Bye-bye. So what do you enjoy most about running with your dog? Hmm. You know, I, I just, I think that the thing that I love the most is, is the joy that it gives her. I, I honestly, it is so much fun to see her anticipating the run and, and then out there just, you know, it's like, she's got a grin on her face. She's, and I really think that's the best part about it. I mean, you know, she's good company as well. Um, but I also, I, I run with a lot of friends and so, you know, I, I don't need her for the companionship if it, if that were the issue, it's more just, it's just fun to see her have fun. Yeah, I think that's why we have pets. We enjoy watching them enjoying life, watching them run on the beach and play with their toys and get excited about training and interacting with the family. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and whippets are just sweet little dogs. I mean, they don't always like other people, but they're generally just really sweet and interactive and uh, yes. funny yes. with their family. Yeah. Yes. Nice little dog. Yeah. She's incredibly affectionate, which I love. You know, she's she's all over me the second I walk in the house. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's nice. They're, I, one of those dogs that gets overlooked because people see them, you know, they're so skinny and they're always trembling and yeah. stuff and they think, ah. <laughs> but they're they're completely different at home. Same with the greyhounds. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the, do you ever, do you know people with the greyhound rescues? I have not. I don't know anyone um, in my area so. who has. And I actually, when, when I was looking into getting a Whippet, I was looking for Whippet Rescue because I wanted that size more than the big Greyhound size. Uh-huh. Um, and Whippet Rescue is pretty much non-existent in our country just because they're just not a popular breed here, you know? No. So, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I was going to say the Simpsons dog is a Greyhound Rescue. Santa's right. little helper on the Simpsons <laughs> oh, TV show. Right, Santa's little helper is but a Greyhound Rescue. It looks more right. like a Whippet though. Yeah, well, that's funny because actually, Amanda, I have to say when you were talking about Tori, I was t- Fully envisioning Santa's little helper. That's great. <laughs> and I didn't realize that uh, greyhounds are larger than whippets. Yes, yes, quite a okay. bit. Yeah, okay. she, yeah, yeah. Um, and she would not be a good helper to Santa either. So the name would be a misnomer. So. <laughs> and you're not going to put her on a track and have her run after a mechanical rabbit anytime soon? No, I'm soon. not. <laughs> <laughs> 
probably actually works near. Is it? Did the? Do they still run Greyhound? Oh no, the, no. The Greyhound track was in Gresham. I, I'm by the horse track. Oh, you're by the horse track. Okay, I get that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't see any horses. I get sometimes. I get to see the cats that are over there at the racetrack. <laughs> the feral cats. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. So how do you deal with the poop? We were talking to Mark about the poop. Yeah. So I always have um, bags with me and. Um, I think I've pretty much mastered, um, you know, the, the technique for, you know, I, I get the bag and I, I kind of, it's gross, but I mean, I just, I kind of hold it in my palm so it's not bouncing around um, oh, because okay. I have learned the hard way. Um, I've just carried it, you know, by the top before and I use the biodegradable bags and, and, you know, if they hit something, they split open pretty easily. So oh. yeah, yeah, it's not pleasant. So and it's a shit show then. <laughs> so there you have it. And, and also whippets poop a lot. So, I mean, when I'm out there, she's going to poop two, three times on a run, you know? So yeah, it just, I kind of get it in my palm and, and I know where the trash cans are on our route and yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh well, good God. for you for carrying your poop. Don't you hate seeing those poop bags out there? Yeah, it's really... We already talked to Mark about that, but... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not pleasant. <laughs> no. Worth reiterating, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, and do you and Tori do races together? Uh, no, I've never done that with her, no. And again, reactive dog, I can't imagine it. She'd be a mess, so... It would be a whole yeah. different kind of race, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, yes, it would be. We'd, be. we'd be kicked out, and we'd be running from the other uh, people in the race. <laughs> or, so. or you could really get, get people moving. Say, yes. you're on coming. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, all right well let's pause oh i cracked myself so so much with these dogs for a voice memo from tammy who actually does run races with her dog who's named rowdy hello i'm tammy i'm a mother runner from northwest ohio and my dog's name is rowdy he is a boxer lab mutt that we rescued about six years ago and he's not your typical running dog. He weighs almost 90 pounds, but he loves to get out and run with me. About two years ago, I started training him to come out with me on my weekday runs. So we were doing anywhere between three to six miles. Um, he didn't like speed work, but he could keep at my easy pace or slightly faster than easy pace. And one of our favorite things that we've done is a local race called the Furry 5K. It benefits our Humane Society, and we've done it two years now. It's really small. There's only 50 runners, maybe, total. And we have come in first place for the female with a dog division both times, which was really awesome. And probably the only time I will be the first place female ever in a 5K. And he uh, couldn't quite keep up with my normal 5K pace, but we still went pretty fast. And... Unfortunately, got edged out both times for first dog overall because these tiny little dogs that were much smaller than him edged us out. Apparently, they can move a little quicker than a 90-pound mutt. So anyway, I still love doing it with him, and it was it's fantastic to get him out. He sees other dogs running. He sees other people. He doesn't think that I'm the only one who runs, so that's awesome. And this year, it was also really special because I was also 16 or 17 weeks pregnant when we ran the Furry 5K, so I technically had both of my boys with me running, and it wasn't so bad. It was pretty cool, and it's a memory I'll always remember. So I hope other mother runners out there will um, take their dogs out for a run because it's so fun and um, you get a furry BRF who is always willing to go with you. Many happy miles. So Amanda, do you have any running with your dog tips that you've learned perhaps a hard way? Oh boy. 
Yeah, uh, I went over the poop bag. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think, um, you know, keeping them, you know, close tucked in near you is good. And, uh-huh. you know, if you, if you can, if you do have a dog who's well-trained and, and can run on one side versus the other of you, that's great. I've again, never mastered that with Tori. She, you know, it, I, her leash is all knotted because what she does is, you know, I've got her, we start out, maybe she's on my right side. And within a few seconds, she's switching over to my left side, you know, behind mm-hmm. me. And I'm constantly moving the leash back and forth behind my back. And, you know, I, I'm sure there are ways I could train her and, and get her, you know, better at that. So that might be one thing, you know, it's just, if, if you can, if you can master that, that's great because, um, it is a little bit of a pain, um, with that. Cause it, it she could be a hazard. You know, there've been a couple of times she's almost tripped me with that little stunt. So, mm-hmm. oh, I bet, I bet. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So now as a woman runner, do you feel safer when you're running with Tori? Because sometimes we'll see on our Facebook page that women will say, oh, my husband won't let me run unless I take the dog. Um, yeah, you know, I do think, even though she's Tori, even though, she's yeah. safe, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. Like, it's, even though she's small, um, and and you kind of laugh and think, you know, who's going to be afraid of a whippet? But she is, you know, fiercely attached to me, and she is reactive. And I do think, you know, I will go to a trail and run by myself with her and feel safe. Whereas I don't know if I necessarily go to a trail by myself without her. Um, so I, hopefully it's not a false sense of security, but it's, it, yeah, she does give me a comfort level. Well, I think a dog is a big deterrent for people. I mean, yeah. uh, my girls have run, run with our dog Jones, who's just a sweetheart of a lab, but uh, I feel much safer with them out there and people aren't going to mess with you with a dog. Yeah. I mean, I and even a nice dog will sense when you're in danger and, and react. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because this morning, so um, as Molly said earlier in the podcast, we, for the first time, the two of us ran together with Jones and I felt like we were kind of getting more respect at crosswalks when like there's this one street that has a fair amount of traffic, particularly at, um, as the morning rush heats up. And I felt like they were more, you know, we've stood there as two runners waiting, even in a crosswalk and cars will just zip by. And then we had this, you know, big you know, yellow slash white lab. And I felt like that car like just stopped. I was like, Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And, and, and being in Portland, we, I commented on it to Molly and I said, and she was like, Oh yeah, well it could just be, you know how that's how people treat dogs yeah. in Portland. That, dogs you know, are royalty right. in Portland. They are. They, <laughs> they are. are. They rule supreme. And it's like, yeah, I'll mow down two mother runners, but right. no, not a dog. <laughs> the dog, let's break. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Any, any like police dog incident or dog and car incident, I mean, it is running the news for a good 10 days, isn't yeah. it? Right? <laughs> we are very dog centric. Oh, so dog. Yeah. 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 It's You almost need like a little code, like when I kind of will meet people and I have to be like, yeah, well, we have a cat, not a dog. Like I have to make <laughs> right. sure it's like a a safe audience and I can admit that too. Now, do you have any advice about running with cats? <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? That would be an interesting one. Oh my goodness. You put, put the cat in a pack and no, you do it that way. Yeah. That would be a reactive animal, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> my, I do have to say, in defense of my cat, um, when I finish a run, Miller runs up to greet me. Like, and you know, so I have a sidewalk and I don't, I don't think it's that he sees me coming. I don't know what it is, you know? Um, and he just runs up to greet me and is so enthusiastic and he'll drop to his belt, you know, to his back and want me to rub his belly. So, Aww. and he, and Molly's his vet. So he always loves seeing her too. So that's cute. <laughs> that's what she says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Well, thank you for joining us, Amanda. This was fun. Oh, I was happy to, it was a, it was a lot of fun for me too. And, um, I look forward to hearing it all. Yeah, happy running. 
Okay, great, thank you. Our final voice memo is from Jonna, who runs with two dogs. Hi, this is Jonna Bass-Parr in Amarillo, Texas. I run with my two dogs, Zeke and Gus. They are both French Brittany Spaniels, not to be confused with an American Brittany, although they look very similar. Zeke is a tricolor and um, Gus is orange and white. We like to run together when it's dark. Um, Typically, I reserve the dark early morning hours to be with my BRF, Reagan, and spend my late night hours with Zeke and Gus. And what really lights them up, figuratively and literally, are the lights that adorn them. I either strap lights around their necks or on their collars. Um, I have tried affixing lights to their legs, and I don't recommend doing that. It was not successful. Um, We also like to go about three to six miles, uh, more than six miles. Uh, Gus has hip dysplasia and kind of peters out. And, well, let's just face it, they are not bammers and I am. So in the long distance, I win. But in the short, fast distances, of course, they get to be crowned king. So um, I love running with my dogs and with my BRF, and I really love AMR. So thanks so much, and I'll talk to you all later. And now let's hear from Dimity again, this time about the Train Like a Mother Club, which is kicking off the Saucony Stride into the school year on September 12. Check it out, along with all the other clubs, at trainlikeamother.club. The five-week Saucony Stride Club costs a mere $25, a total bargain. Okay, here's Dim. Hello, hello, it's Dimity in Denver. It's the beginning of September, and it's still hot and steamy in many parts of the country. So this Train Like a Mother Club corner has that hot and steamy-ish, TMI-ish kind of theme. It's from Catherine Ann Marie, who lives in St. Louis, and she is in the Heart Rate Half, the Heart Rate Half Marathon Challenge. She writes, This one location in my gym has a cardio theater, which is a big, dark, heavily air-conditioned room with a movie showing. I often listen to my headphones in there because the movies suck, but I love the cool air while I'm on the treadmill. So this morning, um, I go in there, I put my stuff on the treadmill, and then I go to the side of the room to do my silly toes, which is this warm-up routine we, we recommend in heart rate training and really any challenge, like a little warm-up. I'm about to take a step forward when I see a young couple straight ahead of me laying on the floor. She is facing down and he is practically lying on top of her. It surprised me and freaked me out. I skipped silly toes, did a couple non-effective stretches and got back on the treadmill. The guy kept looking up at me and it was freaking me out. He appeared to be stretching her, but really people, there are great massage tables in the gym for that. I tried to ignore them, trying not to think about where their hands were. Then about five minutes in, he got on top of her and straddled her. I was done. Remember the rock star skit on the old Conan late night? Inappropriate. I grabbed my stuff and left. I went to the front desk and I was like, I am not sure where you draw the lines of appropriate behavior around here, but there's a couple on the floor in the theater, dot, dot, dot. Then she writes, I am at a different location now. Take two. So... Anyway, nice little, uh, you know, laugh for hopefully the end of your run or the end of your drive home. And we will see you next week. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming an ACAST Plus subscriber. 
for just $2.99 a month, you get access to exclusive content, which is currently the audio version of our first book, Run Like a Mother, doled out bi-weekly in chapters, as well as the first 100 episodes of our pod, which is now behind a paywall. While we want loyal and new mother runners to be able to find and enjoy our podcast, it's not free to make the show, and we can only cover so much of the cost with advertising and partnerships. We hope you'll understand and join us via ACAST+. Plus. Never fear. Aside from those first 100 episodes, you'll still be able to enjoy our weekly podcast for free. That isn't changing. Exclusive content and our back catalog of podcasts will only be available on the free ACAST app, so you've got to download the app and listen on it to support us. We think ACAST Plus will strengthen the Mother Runner community, and we're pleased to be a part of this new program. If you're intrigued, download the free ACAST app, that's A-C-A-S-T, and search for Another Mother Runner, or go to acast.com slash anothermotherrunner, and we sincerely thank you for your support. Whether you're running with a dog or not, many happy miles. Alex, what is this? You have a story about a GoPro on a dog. We're talking about dogs. We're talking about Sasquatch. We're talking about as, as we do. Molly's yeah. a Sasquatch enthusiast. Oh, a fanatic, I think, yeah. is the word you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. Anyway, okay. a video surfaced recently. A dog, someone put a GoPro on his dog, and the dog just was like running around the property, ran off into the forest, ran down a trail, and then just one shot as the dog's running around the corner, a Sasquatch like figure darts off the trail into the woods. So, and it's, it's what? a video in which like there's not a person holding the camera, there's not a person around. Yeah. And, and you saw the video? I did. And was it a red Sasquatch or a brown Sasquatch? Dark brown. Dark brown? Almost so, black. Okay, because generally they're kind thought... like a suit you might get at, you know, yeah. Halloween <laughs> warehouse. Right, because generally they're thought to be more reddish brown. But okay, that's interesting. And where, really? where was it taken? Uh, this was Oregon and Washington. I don't oh. remember exactly where. Mm-hmm. I, investigations uh-huh. will happen. Uh-huh. I love that you say they're usually reddish brown. That's but. what I hear. That's so sometimes hear. you should run with your dogs. Other times, just let your dogs go run. <laughs> that's, that's the takeaway from this story. Find interesting thing. Now we we just heard from the expert that he had a hard time with the GoPro on the dog. So maybe the whole thing's false because dogs don't like GoPros, and this whole thing has been a setup. Uh, it, that could be the case. It might be the first time there's been a Sasquatch setup. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. If, if it. It is fake. The coordination of the dog running by itself and having someone waiting. That's like, true. That's, that's pretty that impressive. That is true. Now, but who knows how many takes it took. Or is it just totally legitimate? Or is it D.B. Cooper? <laughs> the conspiracy now, theories that yes. swirl <laughs> that swirl around the studio no after the recording's knew over. He had a Sasquatch suit in his cargo bag. And he is, in fact, the same thing. It's all one. It's all the conspiracy theory. And Sasquatch yes. D.B. Cooper shot JFK. Whoa. Uh, now, yeah. Sarah, just don't be ridiculous. I'm being, I'm being serious here. The I'm being serious here. Yeah, just stop. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> All right, we are just a whole bunch of goofballs. Okay, so now we have to go.